Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. The final for Progressive Field in Cleveland. It's the Cleveland Guardians 6, the Detroit Tigers 1. That's what I'm talking about back in the win column. I'm Davey Barris, lifelong Cleveland baseball fan, and I want to talk about the actual game on the field, the thing I enjoy watching baseball being played. I gotta say, pretty fun game as far as Guardians fans go. Last night at the corner of Carnegie in Ontario, the Aaron Savali on the mound against the Tigers, and they get the job done. They get the pitching, they get the hitting, they get the defense all around a solid game from your Guardians on Friday night. So let's get into it. Let's get into the storylines of this game. And for me, the biggest storyline has to be Aaron Savali. Now, I saw someone point this out on Twitter. I went and checked it out. Yes, he does own the Detroit Tigers. I don't know. Baseball reference sometimes is very slow about updating things, so I don't know if this includes last night. But he is 7-0 in his career with a 1.94 ERA in eight starts, uh, a 0.79 whip. Yeah, so very, very good uh, against the Detroit Tigers. Nobody does even come close. The next highest win total is the White Sox. He's got four wins against the White Sox. He's 4-3 and three and seven starts against the White Sox, 7-0 and oh against the Detroit Tigers. Now, obviously, things have not gone great for Aaron Savali leading into this game. Uh, and the first inning would be really important because his last start against Minnesota gives up two runs in the first inning. His last start against the Toronto Blue Jays gives up two runs in the first inning. So, so far for May, he's giving up runs right away in the first inning. So how would he do against the Detroit Tigers in this one? He would actually do really well to kick off the game. That's a really good sign for Savali. He gets Grossman uh, to fly out on the first pitch, um, takes a sinker, and hits it out to Oscar Mercado. So that's quick work. Willie Castro, two pitches, and he's grounding out to Yu Chang at second base. So he's attacking the uh, lefties inside, coming at him hard. Uh, gets Castro to ground out on a cutter. And then Miguel Cabrera works an at-bat against Miguel Cabrera. A six-pitch at-bat eventually paints a curveball for a called strike three. Uh, really keeping things down. My God, working the bottom of the zone against Miguel Cabrera. So a really, really uh, good uh, first inning for Aaron Valley. Sorry, I got slightly distracted here because uh, for some reason, baseball savant uh, is telling me that his first sinker against Miguel Cabrera was a called strike at 111.8 miles per hour. I don't think that's accurate. I don't think Aaron Savali can throw a 111 mile per hour sinker. Maybe, maybe uh, this, the radar gun or whatever stack has used to record its data didn't quite pick that one up correctly. Um, considering his next sinker comes in at 93.1. Uh, so, yeah, so a huge first inning. Aaron Savali gets out of the first inning. That alone is a victory. Forget the final score. Just Savali surviving the first inning is a victory on this one. He didn't do anything from uh, from a CSW standpoint or anything like that that was overly dominant. His final line on the day, let's go over to the box score here, just to give you the, the total, a six and a third innings pitched, only three hits given up. One run unearned, uh, one walk, three strikeouts on 95 pitches. He only has hard hit three times on the entire day. And six in the third innings pitch, 95 pitches, he's only hard hit three times. That's really good from Aaron Savali. Finally finding his accuracy, finding his location again. 
If you go over to the illustrator, he really was working the edges. He really was throwing that cutter and that two-seamer to the glove side of the plate. And he was throwing that two-seamer, that sinker, and his uh, curveball to the arm side of the plate. So a good job by Aaron Savali of actually working the edges in this one. A lot of pitchers try to do it. Not many of them are successful. Savali actually had his accuracy yesterday. So like I said, it's not eye-popping CSW numbers, but it's very effective stuff from Savali. The cutter uh, gets five whiffs on it, gets five called strikes. It's a 26% CSW. He threw the cutter the most 38 times. The curveball, he threw 25 times. Gets three whiffs, gets three called strikes. It's a 24% CSW. He went with that two-seamer, that sinker, uh, 25 times as well. He got eight called strikes on it. No whiffs, but eight called strikes for 32% CSW. So it's not eye-popping strikeout numbers here, but he's getting the job done, throwing it in the zone, and frankly, inducing weak contact. I mean, the average exit velocity off his cutter is 81.2. Off his curveball is 77. That's the average exit velocity. Average off the two-seamer was 89.2. Off the splitter was 90.6. So it's an average exit velocity on the day of 19 balls that they put in play. 82.5 mile per hour average exit velocity. That's good stuff. That's solid starting pitching right there. So it's a huge job from Aaron Savali to, uh, to lead the Guardians in this game. And he did get a little help from some defense. He did get some help, especially Jose Ramirez, some infield defense. Um, in the second inning, Ramirez makes the unassisted double play with runners on second and third. It's a line shot at Jose Ramirez. He snags the line drive and then is able to run over to third base to force out the runner there who was breaking on the pitch and was about halfway down the line. Um, Scope hit that ball 95.8 miles per hour, one of the three hard-hit balls that he does give up. 95.8 miles per hour right into the glove of Jose Ramirez who doubles up uh, Candelario who is way off third base. So some big defense there. In the uh, fifth inning, he makes a backhanded play off of Torkelson. That's Ramirez. Makes a backhanded play. So some big defense there. A really strong throw across the diamond from him. Watching him and Javi Baez throw uh, yesterday from some plays deep in the hole. Man, those guys have some really strong arms. And then uh, Owen Miller made a diving snag along the first baseline. I saw somebody on Guardians Twitter dogging uh, Josh Naylor's defense and saying Owen Miller should be the everyday first baseman. Yeah, when you take a pretty good second baseman and move him over to first base, you are going to get some good defensive plays. You are going to get him flashing the leather every now and then. Uh, yeah, and Josh Naylor's a little bit rougher, but you know sometimes you got to make it work at first base with some guys, and I'm okay with Naylor being in there at first base right now. The way this team is constructed, no, he can't DH. He's got to be on the field. And so first base is fine. And frankly, it's better than right field for me. But Owen Miller does make a nice diving stop down the line, and he snags one as well. So the corner infield defense, very good for Savali on this one. Now, unfortunately, Savali will get knocked out of the game. They say it was, um, they say it was just cramping uh, in his glute. He had uh, made a play where he had to go down to the ground uh, where he couldn't feel the ball cleanly. Uh, and he had to go down to the ground. The next pitch, he felt strain in, frankly, his butt. Frankly, it was his butt muscle. Um, so a left glute strain, and he decides to come out of the game. He said it was already feeling better by the time they were interviewing on post game, 
And he's, obviously, they're probably going to do some physical therapy, do a lot of stretching, some, I'm guessing, rubber band work, because that's my experience. That's a lot of physical therapy is a lot of rubber band work. And uh, he feels like he could be back for his next start. So, uh, yeah, a really solid outing from a guy who's been struggling a lot this season. I mean, Savali has really, really struggled this season. Um, he gets his ERA down to a 7.84. Uh, it's a second win on the season. So that's the top storyline of the game for me. On the other side of things, uh, Scooble has been really good for the Tigers, who are dealing with their own set of injuries. Seemingly everyone in their pitching staff is injured. And uh, Scooble is pretty solid for five innings here. He gets out of some stuff in the first inning. I mean, he gives a leadoff hit to Owen Miller or Miles Straw to kick things off. But then Ahmed Rosario would ground into a double play. Jose Ramirez would triple. Off the wall, well, not off the wall, I apologize, over the center fielder's head, a absolutely brutal, terrible read by Derek Hill. He gets caught in, Jose Ramirez drives it over his head, 105 mile per hour exit velocity on that triple, then Owen Miller would hit it 107.4 miles per hour. Unfortunately, it would be a ground out. Uh, That's the one to Javi Baez where he makes the throw from deep in the hole. So he gives up all four hard-hit balls to kick off the game to Scooble, but somehow gets out of it. Miles Straw's single was at 104.7. The double play was a 96-mile-per-hour ground ball. The triple was 105, and the ground out was 107.4. So Scooble gets out of it a little bit himself in that first inning. Uh, he would settle down. He did a good job against the bottom of the lineup. The bottom of the lineup struggled, but the top of the lineup would come around again uh, and this time it would be facing the Tigers' bullpen because Ernie Clement shoots one off of Scooble's shin to end the fifth inning. They get out of the inning, but Scooble is limping around. He also said that after the game that he was doing okay, um, that, yeah, it hurt, but uh, he thinks like, uh, he. I knew I was done pitching. I knew my night was over, and I didn't want it to be over because I felt pretty good, and I knew I had a lot more in the tank. Uh, so yeah, so he thinks that he's going to be able to, once the swelling goes down, he'll go under a bunch of tests. I feel like I got hit in a good spot. He said, hopefully it got more muscle than bone. We will find out in the morning, but I'm optimistic. So there's that at least something good came out of today. So that was the quote from Scooble after the game. So pretty frustrated. Cause yeah, he was, he did settle down really well. He was pitching really well against us, um, for Scooble, his breakdown, Throwing a lot of sliders and four-seam fastballs. Uh, had a 47% CSW on his four-seam fastball. Had a 45% CSW on his two-seam sinker. Those pitches were really working for him. Although we were hitting him hard. The average exit velocity off his fastball was 101.7. Like I said, we were hitting him hard. The average exit velocity off his slider was 99.6. Uh, we didn't put a lot in play against him, but we were hitting him hard. Uh, He did have five strikeouts on the day, so he was striking out some guardians. Chang went down twice. Uh, We'll get to that. We'll get to the bottom of the lineup. Uh, Reyes struck out twice on the day. Owen Miller struck out twice on the day. So, yeah, he was getting some strikeouts, um, but uh, we were hitting him hard. It's it's interesting. If Scooble would have stayed in that game, what would have given? Would the guardians' bats have given, or would Scooble have given? You know, Uh, because he's pitching a shutout through five innings. But we're smacking them all around the ballpark. We're one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight hard hit balls on only 66 pitches. 
So what would it have given? Would the hard hit balls have finally found their way through? Would they finally have found uh, some green grass or the outfield wall or you know the outfield bleachers? Or would the strikeouts continue to pile up and would Scoob will continue to dominate that game? You got to feel like those hard hit balls were leading to something and they were leading to the sixth inning. So Jacob Barnes comes in out of the bullpen and uh, the bullpen for the Tigers has been pretty good. They've got the fourth best ERA. Again, I don't know if this is updated from last night, but they had the fourth best ERA in all of baseball. They had the fourth best whip in all of baseball. Their bullpen has actually been pretty good, except they come in here, Jacob Barnes, and he gets into it with Austin Hedges, and then four pitches in a row, four pitches in a row, and this thing gets really, really out of hand for Jacob Barnes. So Austin Hedges on the second pitch, he gets a called strike on a four-seam fastball at the knees, then throws him a slider that frankly just spins and sits right in the middle of the plate. He hits at 102.2 miles per hour, off the wall in left field for a double. It's a nice, majestic double from Austin Hedges and a good job of taking a slider, not giving in, taking a slider right down the pipe and doing some real damage with it. Next pitch, Miles Straw takes a cutter on the outside. He chops one to shortstop. Uh, it was a close play at first base. It actually ends up getting reviewed. The call was safe on the field. The runner would move up on it. Hedges moves to third. Honestly, looking at the replay, I, th- I thought he was out. I think even Underwood and Manning thought he was out, but the call is upheld. You know, the call safe call on the field is upheld. Not enough evidence to overturn it. I don't know. We got lucky there. It wouldn't have actually mattered in the grand scheme of things because on the next pitch, remember that's two pitches in a row that they've uh, hit uh, Jacob Barnes on the next pitch, and Miles Straw loves doing that. Ahmed Rosario would take a cutter in the same location that. Uh, Straw just hit a ground ball on. He would get a little air on this one. 11-degree launch angle, perfect for a line drive. 104.3-mile-per-hour line drive into center field, and Austin Hedges comes in to score. So even if Straw's called out at first, that run is still coming in to score. And then on the next pitch, Jose Ramirez takes a four-seam fastball right down the middle, 106.5-mile-per-hour exit velocity, 371 feet to the seats, not the seats, the standing room in right field. A big three-run home run that blows this game wide open. And Jacob Barnes on f- on five, he's only thrown five pitches to this point in the game. And he's given up four hits and uh, four runs. And he's got to be thinking to himself, what just happened? What the heck just happened? So a huge inning there for the Guardians. And then when the top of the order comes up again in the eighth inning, they deliver again back-to-back doubles from Straw and Ahmed Rosario down the right field line, turns into another run in that sixth inning. And then uh, Owen Miller would eventually, after Jose Ramirez would hit a ground ball, moving Ahmed Rosario to third, Owen Miller would get on the board, uh, get in the box score by hitting a sack fly, and Ahmed Rosario is able to come in to score. So two doubles turn into two runs in the eighth inning. So it's a nice offensive explosion against the Tigers' bullpen. The Tigers do scratch across a run off Savali. um, In that seventh inning when Savali had to come out, it was after a single and then his own fielding error, frankly. Uh, He had the ball. He just couldn't get it out of his glove, get the transfer, get it flipped to first base. He tried scooping it to Owen Miller, who fumbled it and eventually came up with it. It's just Candelaria was already there. And then Torkelson would hit a sack fly, uh, off De Los Santos, who came in, 
because uh, uh, Savali leaves with the injury. Uh, so they would get their run on a sack fly there in the seventh inning. It was a one to four game at that point. So it felt good to get those two more runs in the eighth inning. But um, the bullpen for the Guardians definitely won this game over the bullpen for the Tigers. So the Tigers bullpen gives up six runs. De Los Santos does give up the sack fly, but he retires five batters in a row, including two strikeouts with some pretty dominant fastballs at the top of the zone. And then Classe would come in the ninth inning and get two strikeouts of his own, one looking on a cutter away and one on a slider down. Uh, so it's a huge job from Classe shutting things down. He was already up because it was a 4-1 game. He didn't know they were going to score two runs, but he was the pitcher that was warmed up. He comes into the game, non-safe situation, but still shuts it down in the ninth inning. And I thought De Los Santos was very good. Uh, the breakdown on him, uh, that four-seam fastball of his, it usually sits just below 96 miles per hour. Yesterday, he had it just above 96 miles per hour, maxing out at 97.5. And I guarantee one of those strikeouts was up at 97. I definitely remember that. Uh, it's a 43% CSW, three whiffs and three called strikes on that forcing fastball. So a really, really good job of relief from De Los Santos. And he was definitely throwing that thing up. Uh, the fastball, he was working the top of the zone with it. Um, and then throwing the changeup, letting the changeup ride down in the zone a little bit. So a nice, same thing with Classe, by the way. That cutter was at the top of the zone, painting the edges with the cutter. Uh, it was Willie Castro who took that called strike cutter on the outside edge to the left-handed hitter, um, and then working that slider down in the zone. And a few he threw in the dirt, but three of them, three of the five, he kept right around the black, right around the edges of the strike zone. So it's a good job from Classe in the ninth inning. So yeah, that was this game. That was the storylines of this game. Uh, both pitchers were pretty good leading into the middle innings, and then the Guardians bullpen take it over the Tigers bullpen. So it's nice to see the Guardians get back on the board, and it's nice to see the top of the batting order. This is kind of the final storyline for me. Remember, yesterday I was dogging the top of the batting order, right? I told you that Straw was in a slump. Quan was in a slump. slump. Ramirez was in a slump. Owen Miller was in a slump. Some of those things changed. Well, one of them is that Quan got the day off. All the lefties got the day off against a left-handed starter, Scooble. So that meant, um, you know, Oscar Mercado was in there in right field. Yu Chang was in there at second base. He finally got in that bat. Ernie Clement goes into left field. They actually sent Palacios down to make room for Josh Naylor coming back off the COVID list. Unfortunately, Palacios is just in that situation where he's the guy that they've already exercised the option on him. So it doesn't cost him anything to send him back and forth. So I think he's just kind of stuck in that. It's more of an HR problem than it is anything with Palacios' play, really. Uh, even though he was slumping a little bit. Um, so I'm sure we'll see Palacios back at some point. Now, there are new rules to prevent them from like doing this every week. You can only move a guy up and down five times. So, you know, they are going to have to, if they keep bouncing Palacios back and forth, at some point they're going to have to let him ride in the major leagues for a while because they don't want to burn through all five of those. Obviously, in case of injury and things like that, they need a little bit of flexibility, and Palacios is the guy that gives them flexibility right now. So all the righties were in the lineup, and so Ahmed Rosario moves up to the two spot instead of Quan. But the top of the lineup, after I just dogged them yesterday for being in a slump, Straw goes three for four with a double, two runs scored. I mean, Rosario goes two for four with a double. 
uh, two RBIs, two runs scored, and Jose Ramirez goes two for four with the triple, with a home run, with three RBIs, and obviously the run scored on the home run. So a big, big day from the top of the lineup. Owen Miller, yeah, he's still kind of in that slump. He struck out twice. He was 0 for 3, but he did at least deliver a sack fly in the eighth inning to score one more run. So he gets in the box score that way with the RBI. Uh, Reyes did have a nice single, but he also struck out twice. Mercado, it's an 0 for Yu Chang. Unfortunately, he did have one nice hard hit ball out to right field that just didn't carry for him. Uh, it kind of dies before the warning track. So he goes 0 for 3 on the day. Uh, Clement did have a nice single uh, early in the game, but gets gunned out trying to steal second base. I mean, not even close. I wasn't exactly sure what happened there. If it, it, he didn't stumble or anything like that, because they did have a replay from a wider angle showing him breaking for second. It looks like he just got a really bad jump. And uh, a strong throw from Tucker Barnhart nails him at second base on a steal attempt. And Austin Hedges, obviously, with the big double that gets the scoring started for the Guardians in the nine hole. Hey, if Austin Hedges goes one for three with a double and a run scored from the last spot in the lineup, I'll take it. That's perfectly fine with me. If you can give me a little bit of offense from that nine hole, I'll take it. All right, so that was the storylines of this game. It was a pretty pretty simple game to analyze. Um, you know, our pitching our pitching was better on the day. I mean, Scooble, who knows if he lasts in that game, what happens, right? That's the big what if of this game. Like I said, we were hitting them hard. We just weren't, you know, it wasn't necessarily finding the success you would want. We weren't getting runs across, but we were hitting them hard. So it would have been interesting to see the what if if Scooble stays in this game, but that's not how it goes, and the Guardians end up back in the win column. All right, Frank, that's all my thoughts on this one. Kind of a shorter episode, but I think we went through it. I think we talked the storylines of this game. All right, coming up tomorrow, we're going to continue this series against Detroit. If the weather holds out for us, another huge storm is expected to come through this afternoon in Cleveland. So we'll see if we play. It's supposed to be Bieber on the mound against Fado. I, I, I don't know. How, we'll find out how to pronounce this name again. Uh, he's 0-1 with a 2.87 ERA on the season. It's a righty, so I would expect uh, Quan and the rest of the lefties, Naylor, to be back in the lineup in this one. It'll be interesting to see, does Naylor go into the four hole in the lineup where I think he belongs? I told you Owen Miller slumping. Uh, put him into the four hole, drop Owen Miller down behind Fermil Reyes or drop them both down. Uh, yeah, let's get Naylor in there and uh, hopefully we get this game in. We'll see what the weather in Cleveland does for this one. All right, that is all my thoughts. Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland baseball morning. Again, the final from Cleveland. It's your guardian six. The Detroit Tigers won. We'll be back tomorrow if they play. If they don't, uh, we'll be back the next day. You can follow me on Twitter at Davey Barris. You can email the show at ClevelandBaseballMornings at gmail.com. Let me know your thoughts on the game, and we'll play them back on the show. Also, I'm hosting this podcast on Anchor, so if you go to anchor.fm forward slash Cleveland Baseball Mornings, you can leave a voicemail for the show. We'll play it back in the air, respond to your thoughts, and we'll have a fun conversation amongst the fans about baseball. So thanks again for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning.